This podcast was created using Anchor. Boom, 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 Episode 10, babe. Can you believe we made it to episode 10 up here? Yes. Give me a high 10. Okay. That's a high 10 for episode 10. Woo! I wish you all could see my beautiful, charming wife across the table from me. Yeah. She is a sight for sore eyes. And babe, what a sore ass fucking week it's been. (laughs) Am I wrong? It's been awful, you It's guys. been awful. And I, you know what? Here's my pledge to you for episode 10. Okay. For, for me, I'm going to... No politics for me this week. Like zero. Okay. Well. I, I'm going to do zero politics. <laughs> I'm going to do... I'm going to get one thing off my chest. It's not even off my chest. It's uh-huh. not even a political thing in terms of like, I'm not giving any sort of screed or polemical anything. It's not going to be... What was the word somebody one of the one of the kids wrote in and said it was getting a little bit uh, it was a little getting a little bit uh, you know preachy me I was getting a little preachy or something mm. was was it a preachy wasn't that the word I, it, preachy wasn't the word it was just that you would go on and on and it was very political political but no there was there was some p word like there was some pejorative p word that required a pop screen to discuss. Oh, speaking of, I forgot to put my pop screen on. Oh, well, we're going to need that pop screen, babe. Do you think? Yeah, so while I'm saying my one thing, you put up your pop screen. Um, My one thing is just go to Vote Save America and adopt a state. Because somebody asked me this week, what can I do? And I said, adopt a state. Like, you go to votesaveamerica.com, pick a state. I'm picking Ohio because I'm from Ohio. And as you all know, Ohio is in play as a swing state again. It's going to be a little bit tougher than some of the other ones, but it is in play. And then you adopt a state, and then it tells you all the things you can do to try and flip that state blue. So that's... Blip that state. Blue. 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 Blip that state. <laughs> I was going to do a little Calypso thing with it. Flip that state. <clears throat> It, that state you're racist but i thought it might be racist so i didn't do it mm-hmm. so that's how that <laughs> played out so that's my political statement for the week babe now tell me how are you i'm okay good i'm okay um you know i'm very excited this is a very big week for us in the goldsmith household talk about it um so you guys we we basically, September is a big month for us in That's general. true. That's okay, true. we started out with David's birthday, which is Thursday. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> this week in Gaggery, but with me pretending to be a coyote. Which, <laughs> which you know, I gotta say, thank you. Works for me. Well, I'll put that on my list and keep it in the repertoire. Um. Yeah, so David's birthday is Thursday. September 3rd. September 3rd. We are on September 1st as we record this. Yes. In the afternoon. And you know what tomorrow is, babe? What's tomorrow? The day before my birthday? Yes. The day that officially gyms in the city of New York may reopen. Oh, yes, gyms. Yes, yes, yes. Gyms. (laughs) G-Y-M's. Who's Jim? Like, who's Jim? He's going to reopen. Gyms are opening. Um, Apparently, like, they, gyms have not been linked to any 
uh, uptick of coronavirus. Not in New York, but there has been a little bit of a... Oh, there has. There has been a little bit of a problem elsewhere. This isn't going away anytime soon, but that's fine. Okay, we're back from commercial. Boom! Big week for the Goldsmiths starts (laughs) on Thursday with my birthday on September 3rd. And then... And then... Talk about it. Well, just in general, I want to say... The month is a big deal because, and we that's why we chose to get married in September. Our anniversary will be coming up on September 8th, which is next Tuesday. So, babe, let's go back to the big week. So, it's my a big birthday. week, but I'm talking about a big month for us, right? Which is why we chose September because it's also a, a time of real sort of reflection. We both lost our parents in not both of our parents, but I lost my mother and he lost his father. And his father passed on September 11th. Yes, he did because he's a badass <laughs> mofo. Yeah, if you guys don't know, uh, David's dad has two Purple Hearts and all of these medals and awards. He's got like a case of medals that are actually on the wall in this In this office. very room we're in. And uh, my dad was was dying of cancer. And he, he basically waited until everybody showed up. And he just kind of held on for an extra day because he sort of knew it'd be really badass to die on September 11th. So he just kind of hung on and then went, okay, <laughs> we're done. I love that you can start that story smiling like Because that. it's amazing to me. He just like, he really, really needed to check out on the 10th. But he was like, nah. yeah, he really did. But no, he the did The story will be better if I, uh, if I, if I hang on. So, so David's father passed on the 11th and my mother passed away on the 12th, uh, much earlier in 2009. So, um, it's a very, it, that's a big month for us. And then later on, David's daughter, Maddie, her birthday is September 18th. Yep. Um, so it's a very big month for us and we just, we, it's always kind of crazy, but it's also full of so much love and, and remembrance and beauty and struggle and all of that so um we're celebrating this week by going away to where david actually first proposed to me a lot of people don't know he proposed to me actually in um on a vacation and uh, got down on one knee in the sand and 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 the (laughs) ring was in a kroger bag so you know that was super confusing Uh, or not Kroger, Food Emporium. It was a Food Emporium bag. Yes. I was trying to be discreet. You know, I just thought, well, you know, she'll think I'm bringing some snacks, some schnocks. No, I, I actually thought it was a piece of pie because you had an old pie. You, For some reason, it was in an old pie, like, plastic container. Wow, well, that I don't remember. But I do remember, I do. I do remember thinking I would disguise it as a bag of schnocks. Yeah, and of course, I was like, you would bring a Food Emporium bag to the sand out in... Yeah, she really wasn't having it. No, but then I was because it was so beautiful and romantic. Um, so anyway, it's a very big month for us and we are celebrating this week. So uh, please tune in next week for episode 11 uh, live. Not live. It Will it be live? No, we well, can't I, do it live. I wish it was live. You know what? We'll say it's live and who will know the difference? You know what I want to do? I want to shoot it outside mm. because then we can have that ambient noise of the ocean, sure. the pool. Maybe there's like people from Texas talking in the background. Like, you know what I mean? Shoot it. We're going to shoot it. <laughs> we're going to shoot it, everybody. We're, we're taking our travel mics. We're taking our headphones. David's taking his computer. It's like we're on location. It's amazing. <laughs> so, Oh, wait. So so before we get into you and whatever you want to talk about this week, I do have I do have one correction from last episode. One correction. Um, who told me about... I was talking about... I was talking... Glo- it I mean, was Ryan Namey. Thank you, Ryan. This is from a uh, correction from Ryan. I was, uh, I was g- g- uh, going on glowingly about uh, many aspects of the Mrs. Doubtfire musical, which was the last thing I saw uh, before the shutdown. Uh, one of its... I saw its second of three... Uh, previews. I said uh, that uh, Jen Gambatis. No, I said that Jen Damiano was Miranda, and as wonderful as Jen Damiano is, she was not Miranda. It was Jen Gambatis, uh, who was giving us a wonderful Miranda in Mrs. Doubtfire the Musical. So that's a correction that you all correction. Uh, you all deserve. I know your father. Um, we gotta get that sound cue. What else, Rafiki? Yeah, you gotta get that one. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do that high. <laughs> Um, 
so I got Jim's reopening. We did that. We did... Oh, and then we had a request to once again revisit the meaning of the word gaggery. And then... Oh, my God, you guys. And so... Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. This one's perfect, and it's just my size. Yeah. Something, 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 and it's something, 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 something. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um... Yeah, so gaggery is like a, it's a drag queen term originally, right? It came from RuPaul and Drag Race and all that, I think, originally. You know, I can't say that because drag queens really steal all their vernacular from black women. So right. I can't say that that's where it started. If someone can tell me the start of it, please do. Um, but I'm going to say it started with a black woman. So some black woman somewhere sometime <laughs> that we have to find out uh, used the term gaggery, which means go ahead, babe. Okay, so I've been sending, I have a, like a, a photo, a screenshot ready of the definition, which yeah. is a slang term primarily used by gay men in the early to mid 90s, used when something is so fierce, you can't help but wanting to gag from the overload of extreme ferocity. Uh, it can, it, you can be gagged by something great. You can also be gagged by something awful. It's something that leaves you speechless, people. And that leads us to This Week in Gaggery! Oh, yeah! Go, babe, you first. Ladies first. Well, I mean, I hate to start with something sad, but it's the reason why the week, one of the reasons why the week was terrible. Uh, this week, as a lot of you, well, most of you know, Chadwick Boseman, uh, the fabulous, amazing, wonderful actor who played the Black Panther, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, uh, James Brown. He played all of these iconic black men and he was young. He was 43. He passed away. Uh, what was it? Thursday or Friday? I think, you know what? Honestly, babe, we're in this pandemic time no, thing where we don't every even know day, what day is, it is the same. He passed away about no what, what, four or five days ago. Yeah. And um, he had been battling colon cancer. Colorectal cancer. Colorectal cancer. Which I don't think a lot of people knew. A lot of his... Yeah, he really managed to keep it just to himself. And there was that moment where he he released a photo of himself on Instagram and he was really skinny. Yes. And people started... Coming for him. Calling him... I don't know. Calling him a crack panther and... Is that what they called they him? They did. And it's just like, you know what, you know what, folks? You never know what someone's Ooh, going through. I did you not. You never know, that. know what someone's yeah. struggle is. You just don't know. So actually keep your mouth shut and don't say anything unless you have something nice to say. I mean, I think honestly, that's really true. that is really the rule that we, we have to live by because we have this to man do was struggling. Yeah. Um But on the good side, I I do have to say as appropriate as it really all was for ABC to step into the breach within a day and hand over the entire Saturday night primetime schedule to yeah. a not to a commercial free airing of Black Panther followed by a 40 minute tribute called Tribute to a King yes. for Chadwick Boseman. That really was a gag. That I, was I, beautiful and, and absolutely necessary. I, I could tell you, and I will talk about it a little bit because I was really grief stricken um david told me we were like watching our regular tv or something i was probably watching some trash big brother oh love it (laughs) and david i got up to wash the dishes and he left and came back and said i really hate to tell you this but chadwick boseman died and i was like what and i was so shocked and i immediately went into coping and i called my friend allison and we we spoke about it for i was like crying a mess and we spoke about it for like an hour and a half and she just made me feel better and, and then we eventually of course we got off that topic and 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 then i left the conversation feeling better but then the next day i woke up and i was so sad i just kept weeping and i kept replaying footage of him and i was explaining to david that it feels because he was such an icon because of what he, that character that he played and also all the characters he played but especially this this Thing, this incredible responsibility that he had to play the first black superhero in a, in a Marvel movie, like a, the real a first real black superhero, and he did it with such charm and grace and 
just, gosh, he was so humble. He was so grounded. Like, and that's what everyone kept saying about him. All the accounts on the special of him were just that when he would step on set, he was so disciplined um, and respectful that people felt like they had to up their game in scenes with him. And that that came from Robert Downey Jr. That came from... All of his colleagues there, Mark Ruffalo and... Oh, they yeah. were all just so... Uh, giving of just love for him and and just feeling the loss um so it was really beautiful and so I mourn him because of what that meant to an entire culture like I cried a lot of Black Panther in the movie theater because I had just never seen these images of black people looking so beautiful and being so strong but also being so connected to their ancestry and understanding their strength it was like a dream it was like a wish that i had for the entire black race and i found it just so beautiful so i enjoyed it it is the best marvel movie like easily but it also on that level of just like what it did for the culture. So to lose that, the man who embodied that is hard. But then also like a lot of people don't know, he he was a theater person first. I actually worked with Kevin Bozeman, who is his brother and who was an incredible um, dancer. I did my first uh, ra- Broadway tryout with him. I did Ragtime at the Kennedy Center with Kevin Bozeman. And I remember his family came and they were like Chadwick. They were graceful and beautiful and they had an air about them that was really cool. And I remember that. And that was so long ago. It was very early in my career. Um, So I felt always connected to Chadwick, even though I didn't know him. I was like, I understand him. And I know a lot of people did theater with him and we're starting to see like the videos of him. That was a gag today. I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know until today. Our friend Christina had done a workshop with him of Holler If You're Hearing Me, which went to Broadway. Yeah. And he was in the workshop with Chris Jackson and they just released a video. And he's got a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. Well, he has have a beautiful voice. I mean, he did did do some of the singing in James Brown. Oh, He didn't do all of it. Right. Our friend. Eric did some of that. Our friend Eric did a, l- a lot of the uh, singing in James Brown. Or Who some also of the passed. Singing. He also passed away of cancer. Wow. <sighs> so last year. Um, so it's it's interesting. And I know a lot of people have also been feeling that because they feel a connection with him, Chadwick, and his work, and Eric Lawan Summers and his work, and both of them going very early due to cancer. Um, very different types of cancer. But... Um, so I think we can safely say, uh, fuck cancer, can't, can't we? We can absolutely say that. Uh, Let's say it again. Fuck, fuck cancer, cancer yeah. everybody. Just yeah. go fuck on it. and fuck it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was it was a very hard week. So I was also grieving the peer because I knew that my real girlfriends who I do theater with and we're in the trenches and we're trying to get through this pandemic and then we all were experiencing the loss on two different levels of just like this man who is our peer who we've been in rehearsal rooms with um leaving us and that talent being extinguished so early but then also on the bigger level of what he did for the culture so very sad week for me especially and not even talk it started awful awful with the uh, murder of Jacob Blake, but we're not going to get into that right now because this week in Gaggery is about Chadwick Boseman. Now so. you had a, you had a, not to prompt you, but you had a. There was a moment in one of the tributes that, as an artist, I think you really responded to. Oh uh, yes, I I found there's a moment in his speech that he does. He does a commencement ceremony at Howard University, which is where he graduated from. It's also where Kamala Harris graduated from. There's a lot of. Uh, amazing black folks coming out of Howard, including some of my best friends who were also really grieving the loss because he, he was a, a what, what are what is their their uh, is they're not like the lions or something. What are they? Oh, I'll just... they're not the stags. I, I can't remember what they are. But look it up, babe. Okay. Um, but they were mourning the loss of their fellow Howard alum. So uh, there's a moment where he talks about the work and how some of the work that was coming to him, he didn't feel like it was up to par. He went to an HBCU, historically black college, and they taught him to take pride in in who he was and his history and playing black characters. And and he felt like 
they the business was offering uh, only roles that he wasn't proud of and he didn't think black people would be proud of and so he didn't take them and he said that that road he encouraged the uh, people who were graduating to take the road that maybe wasn't the easiest or the fastest but that would make them feel end up making them feel more proud of their body of work Uh, and that was his path Um, and I found that really cool because I when I'm dealing when I get a lot of roles you know I'm a black girl who grew up in Kansas City, went to private schools her whole life, and I talk this way when I want to. But, um, <laughs> but so people assume certain things about me. However, uh, the roles that I get, of course, they're based on my looks. So unfortunately, it's a lot of downtrodden single mothers or downtrodden uh, uh, crackhead or, or somebody struggling. And it's just like, actually... I can do those. I can do that because I am an actor. But I don't know that that's what I'm trying to perpetuate uh, in the media. I don't, you know, I'm tired of seeing it. It, it. We're over it. It's 2020. Black people are not a monolith. We, there are all different kinds of us. We all speak differently. We're from different places. We like different things. We eat different foods. We all don't like watermelon and fried chicken. I will say though, fried chicken is delicious. Watermelon, you definitely can do I'm without. Not, I, I don't like it. David actually loves watermelon. <laughs> Anytime. Oh. oh, and then I'll have watermelon soup or a watermelon smoothie. Gazpacho, yeah. Any, the watermelon the gazpacho is He loves incredible. watermelon. And it's so funny because when we sit down, I'm always like, no, thank you. You know, but I'm the person who's supposed to love it. Anyway, sidetrack. I will also not turn down the opportunity for some good fried chicken. But that's me. I mean, but the, that's delicious. Yeah, okay. You're right. Um, You're right. So, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of out of the box. And there's, there, I know a lot of black women like me. But the, the Hollywood and the powers that be don't. So they continue to hire black people to, to play the same characters, which unfortunately are, um, you know... And we have this conversation a lot when stuff comes in for you. I mean, we a really do. A lot, we you guys. I say no to a lot nowadays because even if I were, like, I don't have a lot of TV experience, but even if I were to get a role on a, as a series regular, of course I'd want to take it because it's a great economic, like, boost. And it's a great credit on my resume. But in the end, is it something I'm going to be proud of? Like, and it's also the, the average, like the, the contract for a series regular is at least seven years. So well, you're locked have, in to doing that kind of role for seven years. Do you want to do it? I got, know people who don't. Have, it's got to have two of the three P's. Ooh, tell them about the three P's, babe. It's got to either have the people mm-hmm. to work with. Yes. The part that you want to play. Go ahead. Or the pay. Well, gotta have two of the three. If you only got one of the three, you turn it down. Yep, we gotta have it. And uh, usually, there's there's great pay, and there's a and there's a great team. Usually, yeah. Especially in theater, like I or or no, in theater, it's always oh the team is great, but you're getting paid pennies. Let's sing about it. It's the people, the part, or the pay. It's the people, the part, or the pay. People that you're working with. It's the part that you're gonna play. Or it's the pay that you're gonna take to the bank. And it's the people, the part, or the play. Take it into the falsetto. Well, I tried. Okay. I, and then you take that to my teacher. Hey. Yeah. I just thought we should switch it up. Go Bisons, babe. Bison. Yeah. How are you? H U. I'm. Not, I didn't go there, so I can't say that. I guess. But well, we we can in spirit. Yes. Yes. So anyway, to wrap that all up, I find Chadwick to be so admirable and like. It's just like an angel on earth, it seems. That seems to be the consensus, is that everyone just thought he was an incredible human and an incredible artist. So, uh, R.I.P. Gone too soon. Gone way too soon. Some of these motherfuckers are just walking around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, good one, babe. Yes. Do you have anything for this weekend, God? So here's, here's mine. This is a little hopeful. 
So there's so theaters starting to scratch and claw its way back, mm-hmm. and they're actually doing. Now we now we saw a thing on uh, on stage there at, at Barrington. Very good episode. And Julianne Boyd is is getting uh, getting some stuff back up, um, but in the UK. Mm, They're doing full-on Sleepless in Seattle, the musical. I don't know that I need to see that. Don't know that I need to see it, but what I will say is I I got an article uh, from the stage.co.uk that I thought was really a phenomenal um, explanation of what they're doing. So I'm going to just... Give you give you some background on this, and maybe it'll give you a little bit of hope that we're we're, <laughs> we're hands. heading okay. the way out. Every morning, it takes at least an hour for the sixty-strong company to be tested. Eek. If they pass, and so far only two technicians have failed, and even those tests were inconclusive, they are given a red paper bracelet signaling they are COVID-free and have access to the inner COVID-secure sanctum of the auditorium. Everyone is wearing masks. We all sit waiting for our swabs to be processed by the test team who have set up a stall with folding tables and screen at one end of the troubadour, that's the name of the theater, airy hanger of a foyer. There is a nurse formidably clad in personal protective equipment, a reassuringly white-coated technician, and a machine about the size of a printer. According to producer Michael Rose, the testers are also in touch with scientists in Poland should a swab's results need extra scrutiny. Oof. This, uh, this testing protocol costs between 60 and 70,000 pounds, I assume for the run of, uh, of the show. Um, and it says uh, one of the funds deals with 1,600 people at a thousand pounds each. Um, this is a Cameron Macintosh production. So um, I mentioned this because you know we have to find a way to get back in the room. Yeah. Also, the theater's twelve hundred seat capacity has been reduced to four hundred to enable social distancing. Mm-hmm. Audiences will be temperature checked and asked to wear face masks. Food and drinks will be paid by contactless cards. Hand sanitizer will practically be on tap. And deep cleans will take place after each performance. How do you feel, babe? It's a lot. I know. Do you feel like this is the way we should be going? Or do you think we should just need, we just need to wait it out and just chill? It's hard. I'm split because, of course, I feel this is the way we should be going. Uh, this is the only way we will develop any type of protocol for entering a theater and being able to get on stage or be in the audience. Okay, so yes, of course. And because I'm an artist and I would like to have a check and a job to go to, yes. However, if I am performing and I have to every hour or every day be subjected to tests for an mm. hour, um, it would just be a lot. And from what I'm hearing, most of these theaters, you know, um, Barrington Stage and Berkshire Theater Group have started to do this uh, up in the the Berkshires. Um, they're doing like tests twice a week is how often they test, which is not as bad, but it's still a lot. It's just a lot of stress. And then it's also like, I want to concentrate on my character, and, mm. you know. But am I? Am I? Can I reach out and touch this person, or should I not? Like, it's it's really really tricky when it comes to being an art. However, in in the type of setting where it's like I'm just getting on a stage to sing a song, I feel okay about that. Uh, however, there are people. There are a lot of people backstage in the crew who have to go through this testing as well, and who have to make sure that they're healthy because you're interacting with them. It's, it's just a lot. So part of me wants to say, let's just all sit down and just wait. Mm-hmm. But the other part of me that wants to work and uh, not claim unemployment is saying, yeah, <laughs> we got to do it. Well, I'm very fortunate in that I'm going to have some version of this experience in the next couple of months. Because yes. uh, one of my workshops, I'm not going to talk about any of it other than to say we're going to do this. Um, 
So those of you who are in my rep company, get ready because in October, November, uh, we're gonna get in a room. We're gonna we're gonna do a two week quarantine. We're gonna socially distance. This is the question, though. Yeah. How do you quarantine? Because that means that anyone in their yeah. house has to quarantine as well. Well, there will be rapid tests. We're gonna have to like have a temperature check. And, and, and testing every day for rehearsal. But we're all going to get in a room and we're going to do this. And that's coming up. Oof. So I read that with great interest because I thought, okay, well, here we go. And I've got to be honest, I I was like you in that I, I, I really felt like we need to take this time to get our work done behind the scenes mm-hmm. and just chill and learn what we need to learn from the experience of of this absence and what we need to fill it with um but i'm really excited that we're not going to do this workshop on the zoom grid yeah oh my god yes yes. if i never see another zoom grid you know my life will be complete it's just the the gag is that it's just so much more work to do to act isn't that interesting from your bedroom isn't that interesting yeah because because you don't just get to be an artist you have to do these other things you have to be a technician yes they're really exhausting and And you also never get the benefit of the energy that you would be getting from working with the people in the right your co-partners and you're and And you also never see the final product right you know it gets all your performances are kind of in a vacuum and then they get edited together and someone watches them you don't know who, yeah. you know, at least having done, you know, a few of these readings and concerts now, it feels just disjunct is how mm. it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, guess what feels great? That check being deposited. Cha-ching. And that was? And that was This, this Week in Gaggery. Oh, yeah. Boom. We'll be right back. And we're back. And we're back. So, babe, you know what that means it's time for? It's time for... Call... No. <laughs> it's time for... Is it called alcohol? It is, but just I I lost I <laughs> Sorry, lost and I all. Also, I also started very high. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good luck. Go. Call out, call in. Hey. Call out. Come on. Call in, call out. Bring it back. Call in. Okay. Call out and in. Yeah. yeah. Okay, babe, you go. What you got? I'm calling out the city of Kenosha. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. They're failing on all fronts. There, that's this is fair. I'm not. So yeah, so you know we can't not speak about it. I actually was going to speak about it last week, and David was like, "No, no, it's already too heavy this episode." (laughs) So he edited out me starting to talk about it. And How I will, dare you? I I'm would just never, keeping it real, I everybody. would never do such a thing. I would never squelch your voice of activism, my love. But 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 you kind of did that, though. Sure, that, yeah. that one time. So, so <laughs> uh, as we all know, Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back at close range in Kenosha and uh, Wisconsin. And uh, that happened. Protests started. Of course, there's rioting. And this little white boy, <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse, decides that he's going to come from Illinois, the backwoods, to, well, actually, his mother's going to drive him. She's going to give him their long that's, gun. That's the gag. She's going to drive him so that he can protect the police and protect a car dealership. And he's running around the protest after curfew with a gun. Um, kills two people, a 36-year-old and a 26-year-old, and then shoots, uh, seriously injures other people. Um, I, I'm trying to decide what, what's, what, like, where... I know, it's crazy. It's, so it, it's crazy. actually crazy. And people are wondering why we protest. We protest because that boy felt that he could do that. And that's because in this country, white men can do whatever they please 
with very little to no consequences. And that's just real. So I didn't know you were going to talk about this. I really honestly didn't. But I did one one thing I posted because you know I follow Nicole Hannah Jones uh-huh. on Twitter and I posted on Instagram one of her um, tweets about this, which I, I'll just read it real quick. It's real real short. It's less than 280 characters. Black man with no weapon walks away from Kenosha police and is shot seven times in the back. White teen with assault rifle who just shot three people and killed two walks by Kenosha police with his gun and they offer him a water and he gets to go home. No greater summary of America exists. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's just upsetting. And I, you had mentioned, you and a friend were talking and saying, like, you wish the protesters would stop because it would because the Republicans are using it to fuel their... I mean, I hate that... that, that. No, and I don't want you to feel bad about saying that because ultimately... I get that it's not helping us at the polls. Yeah, I'm just, my to one issue me, is, my one issue is, I'm a one issue voter too. My one issue is get this motherfucker out of there. Absolutely. By and my any thing, means and necessary. my issue is racism was here way before Donald Trump and it will continue to be here way after him. So to me, I'm like, no, we need to protest as. If people are hearing, and it takes a pandemic, a global pandemic, for people to actually hear black people say, uh, we've been set up to fail in this country, and we're treated like animals by law enforcement, if people have to have a pandemic to hear us, then we have to keep going, because this is the only time they'll hear us. As soon as people go back to their lives, and they're not in front of the TVs, and they're not hearing this constantly, they will tune it out, just like they have for the last hundreds of years. No, you're right. So to me, I go, no, the bigger issue is we got to get something done. However, I know that there needs to be a president in office who wants to facilitate that. And one of them does, one of the candidates does, and one of them doesn't. I totally understand that. But as a black person in America, I'm like really over it. And I'm like, if we need to protest, if we need to burn shit down, we need to burn it down. I hate to say it. Okay. <laughs> I always get nervous about the burn shit down stuff, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, and I don't mean, I mean, I literally mean burning things, but I, <laughs> I don't mean like the, the figurative way of burning no, I the institution you, down. Yeah, but, yeah. But... I, I mean, it's, it's upsetting, and it's upsetting that we're being we're black lives matter is being you know called a terrorist organization or oh, that's so upsetting. or it's so upsetting. yeah I, I i talk about this a lot they're they're black lives matter is a legitimate organization that is dedicated to actually peaceful protests for justice and equality for 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 racial justice justice with the police and equality antifa is a right-wing fever dream it doesn't exist in any organized or real form. If Antifa was an actual organization, I would be getting their fundraising emails. Like, it's not a thing. I am all for coming over the other side and talking to people and trying to understand each other through, like, love. And maybe I'm just stupid, but I just, like, I don't want to write off people and go, oh, they're Trump voters, they're hicks. We need to actually, this goes back to that issue of um, Black Klansman, the movie that Spike Lee did. And I said, I liked the movie okay. I mean, Spike Lee is hit or miss for me. But my main issue was I don't want to see a story about uh, Southern Hick uh, racists. I know those people. I've seen it a million times. I want, a, I want a movie to show me the people who are racist, who don't think they're racist, who are who are giving microaggressions out like candy, and they're like white liberals. And the people who are closest to you, who we don't even know that they're like wolves in sheep's clothing. You know what I mean? I'm more interested in that story because that one hasn't been told. And that's what we're uncovering in this time with these people who we're finding out are huge campaign donors for Donald Trump. That's what we're uncovering is white actually like people who well, we've That's why we left Equinox. Exactly. <laughs> Oof. Woof. That was a while ago. That was a, a whole deal. You gonna throw it to me or are we just gonna leave it with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it for me, babe. Who is your call out, call in, so whatever? I'm 
I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears, babe. I'm gonna go totally to Nerd Alert, which probably should be, you know, a weekly segment. I'm gonna call out. I, I'm a lyricist by trade. No. And I'm gonna call out all of you lyricists or people who call yourself lyricists who do not adhere Ooh. to true rhymes, true craft, true prosody, true. Why are you doing this this week? What 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 got you here? Because I was thinking about what makes me joyful in this time of great difficulty and sadness Mm -hmm. and injustice Mm -hmm. and oppression. And what it is, is the nerd in me that grew up with great Broadway musical theater. And then I thought, you know what we've never done? What's your favorite lyrics from a Broadway show. And that got me thinking about my call-ins, which are the uh, the few lyrics I'm gonna just quote a little bit of, which are always my stalwart favorites. Shall I do those first while you think about which ones you Babe, like? you can't put me on the spot like that. Oh, watch me. <laughs> so just a few that always come to mind because this this does come up. What are your favorite lyrics? So there's a show called Pacific Overtures. By the way, all of my, well, no, two out of my three that I'm going to just mention because it, it'll change somewhat from day to day. Mostly it's Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> like James Bond. <laughs> so there's this, there's a, a Stephen Sondheim show from 1975 called Pacific Overtures. It's just got one breathtaking song after another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to take my word for it. If you've never heard it. Go find it. It's amazing. Um, there's a there's a there's a lyric in a song called Chrysanthemum Tea. The whole it's a nine minute sequence, um, and uh, there, there's just one phrase that always always gets me. Um, it's uh, the shogun of Japan. His mother um, is alerting the shogun day after day that there are ships in the bay from America. This is 1853 Japan. Okay. And they're coming to invade, but they want to they want to meet with the shogun. And the mother realizes that the shogun is out of touch and out of date. And she conspires during the course of this song to poison her son to death. And uh, when she finally has revealed this plot that has been going on day after day, she delivers this lyric. I decided if there weren't any shogun to receive it, it would act as a deterrent, since they'd have no place to leave it. It's the day of the rabbit, my lord. There's but one day remaining, and besides the fact it's raining, there are ships in the bay which are sitting there today, just exactly where they sat on the day of the rat. Oh, and speaking of that, my lord, when the ships came our way on that first disturbing day, and I gave consideration to this letter they convey, I decided if there weren't any shogun to receive it, it would act as a deterrent since they'd have no place to leave it and they might go away, my lord. Do you see what I say, my lord? In the tea, my lord, the chrysanthemum tea, an informal variation on the normal recipe. Though I know my plan had merit, it was slow in execution. If there's one thing you inherit, it's your father's constitution and you're taking so long, my lord. Do you think I was wrong, my lord? No, you must let me speak. When the shogun is weak, then the tea must be strong, my lord. My lord. The blossom falls on the mountain. The mountain falls on the blossom. All things... Sorry, just love that lyric. I love that. Um, The second one's one from uh, a musical called Gypsy, which is my favorite musical. Mm -hmm. Um, Music is by Julie Stein, but the lyric, again, is by Stephen Sondheim. 
And this is from a song that always makes me weep. And I and it's it's stupid because it's not meant to make you weep. It just does. Because of the just the absolute glory, joy, mastery of what it is. And 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 it's these two girls that are the daughters of this uh, powerhouse stage mother, Mama Rose. And they just want her to marry Herbie so Babe, that they can get out of her hair. That you think we need to ex- be explained the plot of Gypsy. And um and and there's a moment there's a moment in it that's just so incredibly crafty and glorious but it, it, musically you really just go listen to it again because the 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 creed occur from these two characters singing in harmony oh, oh mama get married today is uh, glorious but the lyric from that that always gets me is mama please take our advice we aren't the lunts i'm not fanny bryce mama I'll buy you the rice. If only this once, you wouldn't think twice. Mama, please take our advice. We aren't the lumps. I'm not Fanny Bryce. Mama, we'll buy you the rice. If only this once, you wouldn't think twice. It could be so nice if Mama got married to stay. But Mama gets It's incredible. And my last one is uh, is not even... It's it's so simple. It's just by Frank Lesser from The Most Happy Fellow, which is Aww, one, of my, one of my favorite baby. shows. And, and, this is, and Frank Lesser is actually an incredible lyricist, pretty much the equal of anyone ever who's written in the form. But... Uh, uh, so, I, you know, I, I go back to his shows, How to Succeed in Business and Guys and Dolls and... Um, and, and, and Most Happy Fellow, most of all, um, whenever I need a hit of joy. And lately, I definitely need a hit of joy. Mm. Um, well. But he uh, he just wrote a song that I just, when I hear it now, especially being married to you, um, it, it just, it it's just so simple, it makes me cry, just because it's, uh, if you don't know the story, uh, it, it's it's an older gentleman, uh, a, an Italian uh, uh, grape farmer, um, who uh, who runs a winery, and he uh, he meets a, a a a woman who's way too young for him, in a re- in a restaurant waiting tables, and leaves a note on the table, and she uh, he he gets scared and sends her a photo of a younger man, and she comes up to the Napa Valley and meets him, and uh, finds out that he's not who uh, she thought he was, and in the end, they they do fall in love um and he sings a song called my heart is so full of you and uh it's very simple there's really not much to it at all it's just my heart is so full of you so full of you oh he's crying (laughs) there is no room no room in my heart for anything more all i have for call out call in this week because i just thanks babe for the tissue i can't fucking deal sometimes with what's going on in this world guys please vote and uh and remember to experience joy because it's super super important and that's call out oh. call in uh-huh. call out yep Call in, call out, Uh call in, come back. 
call out and in. Yes. So, babe, you have anything you want to leave us with for today? Yes, I'm going to leave everyone with um, Chadwick Boseman from uh, the commencement ceremony for Howard University. Um, here it is. When you hit this day, when you have reached the hilltop, and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education. You would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. I don't know what your future is, but if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Now. This is your time. <laughs> I love you, Howard. Howard forever. Rest in power, King. And scene. Boom, 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 boom. Hum, dum, dum, da, da, da. hope you'll subscribe and if you want to tell us how we're doing please leave us a rating or a review if you'd like to follow us on social media i'm brianna marie and he's dave lyrics music for this podcast is by Bo black thanks for listening everybody look forward to having you back for the next episode taste the swirl everyone bye